welcome to Connected episode 299. It is made possible by our sponsors, StoryWorth, Pingdom, and Squarespace. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Oh, man. I just realized Federico's going to get the first introduction because it's episode 300. Next week, he's going to get the good mm-hmm. introduction. He gets to like do the victory lap and all that stuff. It's like going to be like a whole thing. Hi. He he gets the hundreds and the fifties, but you get the twenty fives and seventy fives. So oh, like the ones people really care about. Yeah, the Winter Olympics of podcast naming. Yep. Also, you're conceding <laughs> that the Winter Olympics sucks and that Summer the, Olympics the is great. The best ones. I'm saying okay. you're out ahead. We had this big argument, Federico, about mm. if the Winter Olympics were real Olympics or not. What do it's you? It's not about them being real Olympics. It's just that, like, when people talk about the Olympics, what do they mean? What What does that mean? They mean the Olympics that happen in the summer, not the Olympics yes. that happen in the winter. Oh, no, those are the, like the fake Olympics. Because well, it's ah! like you have the Olympics and then the yeah. Winter Olympics. Nobody exactly. calls the Olympics the Summer Olympics. That doesn't happen. No, exactly. You have the Olympics and then like the addendum, like the DLC of the Olympics, which are the Winter yep. Olympics. The DLC. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what it is. It's <laughs> very true. Yeah, see, that's that's how it works. I'm sorry, Stephen. So this is all regarding an episode of Ungenius. Ungenius is a show that me and Stephen do about weird and wonderful things we find on Wikipedia. Um, and basically, Federico, Stephen's... I will never understand this. I don't think he'll ever be able to explain it to me in a way that I'll understand it. Stephen likes the Winter Olympics more because he can do some of the things that are in the Summer Olympics. What does that even mean? It means nothing. I don't get it. Like, I don't get this entire argument. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, you prefer you prefer the Winter Olympics? Yes, because Beca- because because it's more exciting to me. I can run around in circles and play basketball. I cannot, cannot ski down a mountain. Run like an Olympic athlete. Yeah, you cannot. But I can run around. I can't do anything what on skis. What does that mean? Oh well, if you really try, you can also run down the cliff of a mountain. Doesn't make you a skier, though. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't, like, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not because you have a fancy like biking equipment and those little you know those tight biking pants and whatnot. That's and a really he- good question that I've never thought to ask before. So in case you don't know, Stephen uh, bikes a lot. He loves to bike. Yeah. Do you have like like oh, biking should, shorts? I think he's short. Of course I do. Short. It do does. you do? Yeah. It totally yes. does. All right. I'm going to text See, Mary. I need a picture just, of you in these. But just because you dress up like an athlete doesn't make you an Olympic athlete. That's very true. It's very true. I'm just saying. Man, I need to see a picture of you in your bike shorts. That's very specific and troublesome. No, I need uh, it. I'm going to text your wife. Uh, we're also joined by uh, Federico Vitici. <laughs> Hi, Federico. <laughs> Hello. Finally, I was waiting for my intro. Thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm also the japes. here. Yeah. also here. Yes. yes. Well, I'm, in a di- I'm in a different house. I don't know if it comes through with the audio, but I'm at the beach house. So Look at you. Uh, I'm also wearing shorts. Imagine being in another place to the place that you have to be. Imagine such yeah. a thing. Yeah, Look imagine that. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. imagine that. I think I know what the noise is. Okay. There's a clock. I'm staring at a clock. Oh, my God. That's going to be throughout the entire my, show. My parents have a physical clock up on a wall. Oh and my I just God. noticed that this clock exists. Well, now that you've explained it, I don't have to edit it out. <laughs> I will remove it. However, it's up there. It's above a cabinet, and I don't want to mm-hmm. hurt myself. Yeah. So 
I don't I really don't want to get up on this piece of furniture. I'm sorry, but my parents are old people and they have like a clock like an actual clock on a wall. To I have that in my the house. Time. Why? Cuz you know what time it is. Your watch and phone. Like who who uses clocks? Oh god. Why do they have a clock? I'm staring at it. It's so creepy. Like why would you have a clock with numbers and like hands that move this is a very peculiar opinion that you're holding now yeah lots of people have clocks clocks are uh, it's weird because nobody needs them anymore we all have phones and and watches yeah which if you think about it are just little clocks literally anybody has a phone that tells the time like uh, and especially why would you buy one that makes a little a, a noise like i don't get it buy a buy a digital one that is silent for it to make an audible noise is a peculiar choice but I, maybe they've had that clock for longer than they've had you. I'm so sorry. This is my parents' house. I, I am not responsible for the purchasing of the clock. No, we know that. Well, today is a big day. We will be making our picks for WWDC 2020, including regular picks, Rickies, and the newest type of pick called the Flexies, which are non-graded. Don't, I don't remember why they called that. Can anyone remind me why they called the flexies? Because those are for um, bragging rights. And so, ah. like, it's a flex. And so that later, if you get those right, you can flex with people. Oh, all right. I was going to say why they're not called the braggies. But now I get it because you're flexing. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get there, we have a couple of other things we needed to take care of. We have some very important follow-up about the ceiling fan that I bought. <laughs> why is this? Why? I saw. Why? Is so this? you you could have just said follow up, or you could have just said important follow up. You had to go all the way to a very important follow up. You would be shocked at how many people sent me notes about the ceiling fan that I bought and why I chose that one. You could have replied to every single one of these people with a link mm-hmm. in less time than it's going to take us to get through this item of follow up. Especially if you guys keep complaining about it. Like, let me just do it. And we can this just... is part of the point. <laughs> <laughs> I installed the Hunter Newsom 42-inch indoor low-profile brush nickel ceiling fan with light kit bundled with handheld remote control. Oh, you didn't want to go for the high profile? No, because oh. it's only uh, eight and a half foot ceilings in this room, and you, I wanted it snug against the ceiling so it wasn't, like, too intrusive. Do you love your family, or, or is that not the case? What do you mean? Just the high, you know, everybody knows that the high profile. No, that means it it, it hangs down lower into the room. Low profile means it's like snug against the ceiling. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I I do not understand the words that I'm saying. I'm trying to fansplain you here. Let me fansplain you. (laughs) There you go. This whole thing was worth it for fansplain. Mm -hmm. So anyways, there's a link to it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Bill has tweeted at the show with something completely wonderful. Let me just read this. Uh, So this is from uh, Bill on Twitter. So, random story. I listened to last year's uh, show where you coined the Rickies at an <laughs> what he calls an unsanitary hostel in Western Tibet, and he took a picture. Said the name of the mountain, Stephen. Mount uh, Kal- Kalash. Kali- I don't know if you're right, but I know that you immediately stopped when you saw that there was a word. I did. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's what I do. Uh, uh-huh. Later, they took out. They walked out and took a photo using a tripod, and it is. A beautiful photo. Oh yeah, uh, and it's and it really was. It's one of those things of like it was really kind of cool to hear like how far our show reaches. So Bill, thank you for this tweet. It's an amazing photo. Like go check it out. Yeah, I'm sure this was not taken with an iPhone XS. <laughs> no, 
Yeah, I. Uh, this is like Mac OS wallpaper level photography here, right? Yes, it, I had that same thought. And we'll put his Smug Mug page on uh, in the show notes so you can go see his other work. I, I spent some time there. It's all beautiful. Mark Mark. Smug Mug. Smug Mug. Smug Mug. Didn't Flickr get bought by them? Yes. By Smug by Mug? Yeah. Mark Mark. Mark it's the sound the Pokemon would make. Yeah, it's, it's Smug Mug. That is also Smug the Mug. name of a Pokemon. It's the photographer Smug Pokemon. Uh-huh. Smug, Smug Mug. If you uh, post a picture of an insect, it's a Smug Mug Bug. Smug Bug Bug. <laughs> Smug as a rug in a bug. <laughs> oh, thank you, Bill. It's an amazing photo. We appreciate it. Uh, Nigel wrote in saying that he didn't understand why the ARM transition was such a big deal because Apple's had ARM laptops uh, way back in 1997 with a picture of an Emate 300. When I was in school, I don't know, maybe I was like 14 or 15, I sprained my wrist uh, from a rollerblading incident because wait, I wasn't wait, good at more information on that, please. Right. There were, this is it. I tried rollerblading, fell over, badly sprained my wrist, stopped rollerblading. Um, and uh, th- they gave me an e-mate to, to use in school, in class, like the school did. They gave me one of these to type with instead of writing because I, I hurt my, my left wrist. How have we not heard this story before? Why are you just sharing this story? I'm very sure I've told it somewhere. I'm, I'm almost convinced. A rollerblading incident and they give you an e-mate. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> no, see, this is the thing. I know I never said the rollerblading part before, but... Uh, the kids all do rollerblading now, so I want it to seem seem cool. All right, so we have a huge announcement. Mike, do you want to walk us through this? Connected Pro. Uh, we are at Relay FM. Uh, we're, we're evolving our membership strategy. So in the past, we've had a, a relatively simple membership system where there was a set of bonus content that you would get, and that was delivered the same to everybody. You could choose to give money directly to shows. You could choose to give money to the entire network and it would be spread out across everybody. And that was kind of the way it was done. But you didn't get anything extra if you decided that you wanted to support your favorite podcast directly. That is now changing. We have a system now at Relay FM where any of our shows can create their own bonus content that they deliver to people that want to support those shows directly. Um, there's, we have uh, one or two of them out now. I'm about to talk about the one that we're doing here, and there's some stuff coming in the future. We, not every Relay FM show is likely to do this. Some will, some won't, and it's going to roll out over time. But we are starting today with Connected Pro. So if you go to connectedpro.co, you can sign up for our monthly plan. Um, you can go to the Relay FM website if you want to sign up for our annual plan. It's $5 a month or $50 a year. If you choose to support Connected directly with, Relay F- with a Relay FM membership, you will get a new bonus feed that includes three things, a pre-show, a post-show, and no ads. So I guess it, in, it excludes ads, but that's an a benefit for many people. So it starts this week. Um, all you need to do is go to connectedpro.co and you can sign up for the monthly plan. Super easy. Once you've signed up, you're taken to, uh, we use Memberful for this. You're taken to the podcasts page in Memberful. You can just select Connected Pro It's and then there's buttons if you're on mobile that will open the feed in, in all the major open podcast players. Or if you're on a desktop, we have a QR code. It's incredibly easy uh, to subscribe and 
you uh, will get this and our Real FM crossover content, which is all of our member specials and all that kind of stuff for just $5 a month, which is wonderful value. So if you want to support this show, get some extra content and no longer hear any ads, become a member right now at connectedpro.co. As a special bonus for people who sign up, last week's show actually in the feed is also a pro version. It was the first one we released. And the old... Um, all the the history of the show has been ported into this members feed. So if you want to go back and listen to something in the past, you don't have to stay subscribed to the, like the public connected feed. So I would like to talk about some administration because we, this is now the second of these that we've done. So we've gotten some yes. some uh, frequently questions asked uh, of this. So a few things: one, you can support multiple shows at once if you're an existing member you can add this one you can add support for as many shows as you want with one account and member for but they're separate subscriptions that's easy to do you just go you log in with your existing credentials and you can add it by going to connectedpro.co or you can you can go to the real fm website and do that um, we've had people ask if we're going to do a bundle uh, at the moment, we do not have a bundle planned, so this would be the idea of you pay a much higher price and you get all of the bonus content from all of the shows. The reason we don't have one planned is, as of right now, we do not know how many Relay FM shows are going to take advantage of this. So trying to price a bundle can't make sense because we could either charge way too much or not enough. Um, so Because this idea, this whole idea, is about providing the ability for podcasts to make more money to diversify their income from people that want to give it to them you don't have to do it we're not taking anything away we're just adding stuff that wasn't there before um if you want to hear this content the the pre-show and post-show content and don't want to pay for it we stream this show live every week everything that is in the pre and post show is in the live stream but it's just not edited the entire show with the pre and the post content is edited by steven so it sounds great but you can hear it unedited for free um by just tuning into the show live every week you do also as a relay because because connected pro is a relay fm membership you get access to the discord as well and all of the other benefits but now that money will go directly to the three of us um, rather than being split however you may have done it before um, and that makes a bigger effect because if you choose the like the Real FM crossover plan to support all hosts. All hosts get money, but they get a, like, I don't know, like a 40th of $5, I think it is right now. Yeah. Um, and that's great. And, like, that gets all of our hosts some money. If you want to do that, you got, you, please continue to do that. But if you support shows individually, you pick your favorite one or two or one, then they get, like, we get a third of $5 each, which is more. You don't have to do this. We're not making you do this. Um, this is If you have too many subscriptions already, feel no guilt. You Just listening to this show is enough because we have ads on this show and we can continue to make money that way. But we are trying to diversify. We were talking about this a couple of months ago as we look forward to the future. Um, we want to make sure that we're also a member-supported network as well as an ad-supported network. So we are trying what we can to provide more if you choose to be a member. So I think that covers most of it for now. If you have any questions, if you're in the Relay FM members Discord, just ask away or send an email to membership at relay.fm. But for now, go to connectedpro.co. You'll get more content from your favorite japesters and no ads. Japesters. That's a good word. That's a good word. With the japesters. We have a, a tiny topic 
most years, Apple does something before WWDC. Remember a few years ago, it was uh, doing the App Store changes. Remember that, like the subscription changes, and they've done various things. Uh, this year, so far, it seems to be about hardware. So there's a new high-end GPU, the AMD Radeon Pro 5600M for the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Costs cost an extra 700 bucks, but it's got eight gigabytes of HBM2 memory. This is a screen. This is like a bananas GPU for a MacBook Pro, and something like 75% faster than the next highest configuration. So way on the high end. And for the Mac Pro, user installable SSD modules. They come in pairs because they're rated and they talk to the T2 and all that stuff. Uh, one to eight terabyte kits. The 8-terabyte kit will run you $2,800, and I've got a link in the show notes to the the description of how you install them. You need another Mac, a USB-C cable, and Apple Configurator, because you have to repair them with the T2. It seems like a real complicated deal. I expect you're very excited. Like, Do you want this SSD thing? Is this a thing? I mean, obviously not 8 terabytes, but like... Do you need more? What did you get? I don't even remember. I've got four, a four terabyte drive in mine now as my boot drive and then have a four terabyte archive drive, which is just old projects, like old mm-hmm. videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Out of On my boot drive, I have 1.4 terabytes free, but on my archive drive, I only have 700 gigs free. And so I got to do something with my archive drive here before too long. So we'll see. Hmm. Okay. We'll see. 2800 bucks is really expensive. It's even a premium over something like the Mac sales. Uh, the OWC folks, they have a card that goes in a PCI slot and has a bunch of those little like M.2 SSDs. Mm-hmm. And this is a premium even over that, uh, but it's Apple and it would be covered under your Apple Care if you do it. And you know, so there are some benefits to this over third-party solutions, but you can definitely make your money go further by uh, doing something besides this. So... Anyways, uh, Mac Pro stuff. So I don't think we're going to see much in the, in terms of pro hardware this year. Maybe the iMac Pro, but it seems like they're trying to clear some of this stuff out, like they do most years uh, before the conference starts on Monday. Yeah, it's little bits and bobs, right? Yeah. Not that yeah. this would have found its way into the keynote, I'm sure. No, but... but- you know, Apple used to do what they used to do is they'd have the keynote and then all this other stuff would happen on the same day and they get lost in the news cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think now they're trying to have it where this stuff gets its own couple of days before the conference. It doesn't get buried by everything else. I think it's smart. This episode of Connected is brought to you by StoryWorth. Finding the right Father's Day gift is tough, especially if you can't celebrate in person. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to be doing social distancing Father's Day or doing FaceTime call, that sort of thing. Uh, we are too. But StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your dad to share his stories with weekly email story prompts, with questions you've never thought to ask. And at the end of the year, they will get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. I really do like some of the questions that StoryWorth has They go deeper and in more directions than I would ever think to go on my own. And because it's an email prompt, it sort of gets rid of the awkwardness you could have, you know, having some of these conversations in person. And that means that you can have these stories and life lessons passed down to your kids, future generations, and invite families and friends to receive those stories as well. It's super hassle-free gifting. You can email your loved one StoryWorth subscription directly to them so they can access and activate their 
account anytime when it's convenient for them. So give your dad the most meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com connected and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com connected for $10 off. Our thanks to StoryWorth for their support of this show and Relay FM. It's time. You guys ready to lose? Wow. <laughs> so that's how, I, how you're leading. You think you're going to win. Yeah, I'm going to clear think- up the whole year. I'm winning this. I'm going to win uh, the annual picks, and I'll, I guess I'll just pick up the Septembers as well. Look, I don't hold any of the Twitter accounts. Your, your, confidence, your confidence is very cute, uh, I should say. I don't hold any of the Twitter accounts. I'm taking them. I'm taking them. Well, let's go through the rules real quick for people who may not remember how this works and to remind ourselves because these are complicated. So the order is set by the winner of the previous event predictions. That order this time is me, then Mike, then Federico. To earn any points, everything written down in the prediction document must come true. No half points may be awarded in any round. One point is awarded for any pick deemed correct in the first two rounds, and picks cannot be reused. Two points will be awarded for the correct picks in the risky pick round, known as the Rickies. If your risky pick is wrong, you will lose a point, and critically, the other two hosts must agree that your pick is deemed risky enough. So we usually do that over iMessage before, and we may do it on the show today. We have the final round called the Flexies. These are non-graded picks. The loser of the Flexi picks must buy drinks for the other two hosts. Well, how can we buy drinks remotely? Drinks have never been purchased. I just want to say, we've had this as a rule for a while. Nobody's ever bought drinks for anyone. But I guess if someone's thirsty. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a reminder, there are annual chairman and keynote chairman Twitter accounts. Federico holds the annual chairman account because he won the annual picks last year. Mm-hmm. I am the current holder of the keynote chairman Twitter account because I won the last regular event picks. But my handle is on the line today, uh, or next week, I should say. So I could lose this to either one of you. Yeah, I'm going to have both. And yeah, you cannot use both of them, I guess. Why? Because you've never used, you've never tweeted from the annual chairman account. I'm just waiting for the right moment. I'm not, you <laughs> what know? is this moment? What, when you least expect it, you will open Twitter and see a tweet from the annual chairman account and the keynote chairman account and be like, oh, these tweets, they came at the perfectly appropriate time. Right, you have like one tweet that's going to be split in half. They sneak up on you when you least expect it and they, you know, append your expectations completely mm. as to what you can get from your Twitter experience. Okay. Wow. I don't just go out the first day and tweet like Steven did. You know, oh, yeah, I'm the Kina chairman. No, I wait patiently <laughs> by the side of the I river. I bide my time. <laughs> for the right words to flow by. Mm. And then I will issue my tweet. Then you will strike. Yeah, let's do this. Let's pretend that this is actually going to be a competition and just you know do this because we all know who's going to win. So Yes, the year of Steven will continue for its 27th consecutive year no i guess it's the 34th consecutive year because i'm 34 round one my pick the transition to arm is announced for the macintosh it's not called the macintosh so you already got this wrong it's not called the macintosh anymore so for the mac everything <laughs> in the- <laughs> oh federico should i remind you to earn any points everything written down in the prediction document <laughs> must come true 
that was written down in the prediction document. Yep, you wrote the rules. And That's then, not true. Sure you did. I read them. I read them. I didn't write. We wrote them together. You wrote it down yourself, old man. The Macintosh <laughs> prediction, prediction from the 80s. <laughs> Transition to ARM. Feels like it's the year. Uh, I will say, so if we scroll down the bottom of the dark document, in my annual predictions, yep. I have a... Uh, you have a flexi. I have a flexi that says Apple does not ship the first ARM Mac in 2020. Yeah. So if you combine these, it will be announced, but the first ARM Mac won't ship this year. So I have a question about about this. This is a flexi, so it's not important, but I was looking at these the other day. But, but we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> if there was a transition kit, mm-hmm. would that count as shipping? Mm-mm. It's not a product. You didn't kit. say it had to be a product. Well, it's a flexi, so it doesn't matter, so I can be right. <laughs> right. right. We'll no, deal with that when we get there, son. <laughs> okay, okay. I guess I guess it is kind of pointless arguing it today. Uh, we can maybe <laughs> yeah. argue it next week. We're going to argue it next week and at the end of the year. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your prediction is the transition to ARM is announced for the Mac. Yeah. Um, now, do they need to call it ARM for the prediction to be correct? No, it's it's transitioned to a different chip. cheap Well, yeah. I feel like you. Well, this would be my advice to you as a okay. you know as a fellow winner of previous predictions. Yes, we're both know. winners. I have won lots of them. There was just no Speaking Twitter account. Winner, winner to yeah. Nobody remembers those, Mike. Uh, uh, winner to winner, Stephen. Okay. Yes. I think you need to to I make won this like as three in a row. Yeah, nobody nobody cares about that. Um, so as a I think you need to generalize this as much as possible because then I can imagine our friend Mike Hurley saying, oh, but it didn't announce a transition to ARM. It's a transition to, you know, whatever the system is going to be called, Apple, You started CPU. this by saying it's not called the Macintosh. I was just pointing out facts. Mm. Here, instead, I'm trying to imagine a future where this conversation may be held. Mm. A CPU transition is announced for the Mac. Perfect. <laughs> There you go. We're sw- we're switching to AMD. <laughs> you never know. Thread rippers for everybody. You never know. I'd like a thread ripper in a Mac Pro. Apple. Thread ripper. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's mine. I feel pretty okay. good about that. Michael, you're mm. up next. The iPad home screen gets new features. That's pretty mm. broad, but it's not oh. a Ricky. Okay, that's the that's the prediction. So new features, um, right? You see, I I very purposefully gave that a yes. very broad prediction. Yes. I've learned. So yeah, you're learning. Specificity so, is the murder of the Rickies. And again, I won so many times. There was just no. Like yeah, but, I won like three in a row. Remember, I yeah, won like n- no one cares who won in 2016. Yeah, and you you won you won like this with these broad predictions that are not fun. I know that we have the Rickies, but you should, you know, give it a bit of flavor. Give it a bit of a... No. You know? Uh-uh. No one okay. can make me. No one can make Fla- me change my... Flavorless predictions. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, just to clarify, what if the only change that we get is uh, they move the clock? Is that a home screen feature? No. Okay. It's got to be so. something that didn't exist before. So, like, moving the clock. There was always a clock. You know? Okay. So like, this be, is not in the mm, pick, but what I'm talking about here is like 
widgets or you can now rearrange your icons however you like or okay. there's documents on the desktop now that kind of stuff okay so a on new screen. feature yeah not a reshuffling of existing features exactly has Got to it. be stuff that Got we didn't have before how minor is something to count as a new feature like what if they have the option to turn off labels under the under the app icons or something that seems pretty big to me to turn off the words under the app icons? That's not minor. That's your big change. There's people who like that. But my point there, though, is like, that's a big that's a big change. That's like a thing that we've had for a decade at this point, is the labels under the app icons. That would be a big feature. Like a new, that's like a new thing. That's like a significant Well, it would thing. be a new feature, for sure. Yeah, new feature. Well, uh, I mean, we can accept this prediction. I know it's not as... exciting, but I don't care. I want to win. Really? Yeah, you like to win easy. And also, let me just say, let me just say, when we're talking about exciting, if they do what I want them to do, we're all going to be super happy about it, right? Like if they put widgets on the home screen and they're all new widgets, they allow us to put like documents and folders on the home screen instead so we can quickly get to things and we don't need to live in files anymore. Like we'll be flipping out over that. It's going to be amazing. Sure, but that aftertaste of you getting this prediction right? Yeah. Well... If you would have done better in the last predictions, you could have picked it before me, but you hey, came last. Hey, you're talking to a winner you here. You came last, Federico. I'm so. sorry, what title do you hold here? Well, let, let's talk about Federico's next pick, because I think you've gotten too specific for your own good here. This is Federico's okay. way. <laughs> my prediction is, well, you can, you know, you may not like my approach, but you cannot deny that I don't have style. So uh, my prediction is new iMessage features, including the ability to retract sent messages. Ooh. So uh, essentially, um, I think that Apple is going to copy a WhatsApp feature. Uh, WhatsApp allows you to delete, to retract a previously sent message in a conversation. And I think um, this is not the prediction, but I personally think that Apple should and is going to copy a bunch of different WhatsApp features for iMessage. So my prediction is we're going to get new iMessage features. So I could have stopped there, but I also I really want to see the ability to retract a previously sent message. And I also think this was rumored before at some point. So my prediction is going to be, because I, I, I want to give it that flavor, you know, I don't want to be too broad and... You know, just win easy. I want to win with the struggle. I like that. So new iMessage features, including the ability to retract right, hang on a sent second. messages. Well, look, if you want, because that's not flavor. You're not being specific, are you? Yes, You're just I saying am. including. I yeah. Including. Right. But, yeah, if, but, I'm say, but I'm adding something. I'm adding something okay. to, to the... New iPad home screen gets new features. So if it's... if the, so, Okay, let me ask a question here. If they don't announce retracting sent messages but have other features do you get the point no i don't that's the point also it has to include yeah oh everything okay. in the dock is is the pick okay well then I don't, you're wild you're a wild person well and also i put in the document i put whatsapp um, like whatsapp it's indented because that's not part of the pick it's to give you an idea of what it will look like the pick is new iMessage features including the ability to track sent messages so if there's new that's the pick new yes. features but you can't retract you don't get it got it yeah right. exactly so i predict new features and amongst these features there's one that is you can delete a previously sent message. Wow. Now, I said iMessage. So here's my only doubt here. I said iMessage because I assume that these features will be 
um, specifically retracting a message should be an, I- an iMessage, as in the iMessage protocol specific feature because I don't think you can retract a previously sent SMS. So that's why, for context, that is why I said new iMessage features. They need to put it in the iMessage deep and open framework. Yeah. Yes. We're going to talk about deep and open frameworks later. Oh, I know. Um, I would also say that like, if this is an iOS only feature, that's perfectly fine. I just just want to state that for you. Because you said iMessage, it then could be like, do you mean the entire service? But like, I I just think if it's available in some form in iMessage, you'd be fine. And I mean, if if they're going to show it, you know, they're going to show it on an iPhone. They're not going to tell you, oh, on iPad, now you can retract it. Well, I was thinking more about the Mac, but sure. Or the Macintosh. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess that also exists. But yeah, I mean, they're going to do the new messages app on the Mac. So. Maybe maybe on the Mac, it will just show in brackets underneath, this message was retracted. <laughs> this message was retracted. <laughs> but it never <laughs> actually is, you know? <laughs> we'll see. Steven, what's your round two pick? My round two pick is as follows. An AR demo is given, calling out the benefits of the time of flight sensor found on the 2020 iPad Pros. Oh, okay, slow down. Is given? Where? What does it mean, is given? Like, does it have to be in the keynote or on the website or in a mm, promo video? Good, good. What is is given? Yeah. This, this, passive, this passive verb. I need to see it on the stream. So I don't care if okay. it's live or if it's pre-recorded. In the keynote? In the keynote stream? Yeah. Or in the... Okay. Yeah. So the not stream. in the State of the Union. No. In the keynote stream, we don't. We have never. Uh, so this is actually okay. Side. No, the the rules for the for the Rickies. <laughs> anything goes up until we record. That's the yeah. difference. Oh, between that's the draft. right. Anything yes, you're right. I've like forgotten. if it's not in the keynote, but we find out about it in a session on Tuesday afternoon, you got the point. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, so what are you so saying? Gonna... What am I saying? Yes. I, I'm saying that they're gonna have some sort of demo. In calling out the benefits the keynote so by demo you means a person because i'm trying to be specific here in that i don't want to be in a situation where for example apple updates their website and there's a new section of a website that says oh mm. with the time of flight sensor uh now you get these features it yeah, has to I, be a demo I meant, so i meant for it to be broad so what if i go with apple draws attention to the benefits of the time of flight sensor. That's so, mm. that feels so hard to judge. Mm. I think you said demo and we can go with demo and we can, I think we can tell what a demo okay. is. How about, yeah. there has to be a video from Apple, <laughs> right? That A video or a part of a video. Is an AR demo calling out the benefits so it has to appear on video from has Apple to on video. before we record. It has to appear on video. I think it's a good description because it could be in the keynote or it could be a session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or in the State now, of the Union. Or in the State of the Union. So it needs to appear on video. The website doesn't count. <laughs> that seems to be a lot of work for Steven <laughs> to get this if it's not in the keynote. <laughs> Apple, sh- yeah, I now have to watch all the AR <laughs> sessions. To watch everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, listeners, if you see it, send me a link. <laughs> well, we'll be, you know what will be funny? If Apple 
didn't mention this in video and went like, oh, you guys have seen that fire si f time of flight sensor in the iPad Pro? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they mention no. it, but they don't tout the benefits Wait, of it. Wait, you've taken AR out of here. Oh, sorry. That's a typo. Trying to the, the benefits. Why don't you just put four AR at the end? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that works. Okay. So the pick is Apple shares a video touting the benefits <laughs> of the time of flight sensor found in the it's 2020 iPad happen. Pros for AR. Right. This is, I feel like this is a risky pick at this point, the way that it's phrased. <laughs> <laughs> We've walked him into risky town. <laughs> That's very good. Yes. So here's here's my thinking behind this, because this, the more you talk about it, the worse I feel about it. My, my thought is, I think everyone's thought is, this sensor is coming to the new iPhones whenever they ship in the fall. Mm -hmm. And Apple won't say that, but very often Apple's like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, this hardware is really important. Or in, the, mm -hmm. in things like size classes... Oh, you really want size classes in your apps, mm -hmm. you know? And then slide over becomes a thing. I have a flexi that's like this to share later on. Okay, that that follows the same methodology. But as you'll see, I didn't make it a pick. Uh, I wasn't as bold as you. I, I'm going bold because Apple thinks AR is really important, and I, I, they sure do. I don't think anyone really knows why <laughs> or cares as much as Apple does. And I think that they will show off something. AR kit, iOS something using that time of flight sensor and say, hey, if you build in support for this, you get all these features. Wink, wink. It's going to be important. I appreciate this pick. If you were Mike, you would have just said Apple mentions AR and that would have been <laughs> the pick. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So my next pick is iOS gets the ability to change default apps from those that Apple make. I am going uh, to... Whoa. Say oh, this is a good one. He's a good one. Including wow. email. Oh, that's that's not in the doc. You gotta add that. I know it's not in the doc okay. because I feel like I have to do something or I'm gonna be called the non risky regular pick person. Non uh, non specific uh, Mike, they'll call me. Get it, get it under <laughs> your skin over here. I know. Um. iOS gets it's not a, I don't care about what you say. <laughs> it's every it's everyone else I care about. It's everybody right? else. Like I don't mind taking it from you, but I don't wanna spend the rest of the week dealing with people saying to me, You don't do risky things. Mm -hmm. So iOS gets the ability to change default apps from those that Apple make, including email. Okay. Which and there's a very there's a very easy way to tell if it includes email because if you can if you can, uh, tapping any mail to URL will open the different application. So mm -hmm. very easy to confirm. Yeah. And look, I get I will say, look, I'm not I'm not being incredibly hard on myself. I feel like this is the easy one if they're gonna do any of them. Right? Like email yeah, feels yeah. like the one yeah. you would do. This is probably a really actually this is a nice segue. Let me actually I'll tell you why I think they're going to do this and then that mm -hmm. will lead us into to a very quick subtopic. I believe they're going to do this not because they want to, but because this will be a thing that they will want to show uh, regulators in Europe and the US uh about oh hey, we are not forcing people to use our applications. Like I actually think they will also do this for music um, maybe for messaging as well, like to just let you choose your defaults for those, not in the pick, just something Mike thinks, because that will give them something to try and show that they are uh, not keep trying to like force and keep their monopolies as much as they want, right? Does that make sense? Right, that they would do this as an antitrust thing. 
And I could see this being a thing where they say it's coming later this year. Yeah. And it's actually not in 14-0. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, I like that. That maybe if, and we're getting ready to talk about the hay thing, I assume. Mm -hmm. If that was like the straw that broke the camel's back, which it could be, we don't know. That maybe this isn't in the betas, or maybe it's it's not there on day one, but shows up a little bit later. Like, just something about this feature makes me think maybe it's not there on day one. I, I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it, but I have that little thought in the back of my head. Could take a little while for them to get it all in place. They might have additional approvals that they make you do, right? Um, like, there might be, like, a separate process that you might need to get signed differently. I don't know what it might be, right? That's how CarPlay is, right? You have to have special... Entitlements. Entitlements. And so it could be that you have to work with Apple for that. Mm, I mean, Android has a system for this, right? Where, like... And I would expect they would probably do something similar. Where the first time you click a link that is, you know, that, that can send an email, it'll say, hey, which one of these do you want to use? Mm-hmm. And I would expect them to do something pretty similar to that, where it will yeah. let you choose every time, or you can set a default from that pop-up that would appear. That's just we'll touch on this real quick. Uh, hey, which is an email app, a new email hey. service. Hey, from uh, Thirty Seven Signals, I think, or I don't know if they're called Basecamp now, but the Basecamp. company behind Basecamp yeah. have set mm-hmm. up a company called Hey. Hey, hey, it's a new email service. Um, it's rolling out now they it's it's free for 14 days you pay a hundred dollars a year that's the service uh their iphone app has been rejected uh because they have a paid subscription service that they do not have an in-app purchase for um one but the the thing that's really i mean we all know this right everybody knows this by now that apple want you to use their in-app purchases and that's why you can't link to your website and all that kind of stuff we've heard this before right it's why like netflix yep. won't let you sign up they also won't link but you've got to know that you've got to have a netflix account well hey did all of that stuff right. there's no links out thank you there's no links there's no nothing uh but apple uh conf- i want to read a quote from uh protocol um this was david pierce reporting apple told me that its actual mistake was approving the app in the first place when it didn't conform to its guidelines apple allows these kinds of client apps where you can't sign up only sign in for business services but not consumer products that's why basecamp which companies typically pay for is allowed on the app store when hey which users pay for isn't anyone who purchased hey from elsewhere could access it on ios as usual the company said but the app must have a way for users to sign up and pay through Apple's infrastructure. That's how Apple supports and pays for its work on the platform. I have two points. Just one. I don't want to say mm-hmm. the word that I want to say about what I think about this statement, but it is baloney. It, this is mm-hmm. so terrible like that it almost feels like the spokesperson that talked spoke to David Pierce went rogue because this is bananas. Like the last point, that's how Apple supports and pays for its work on the platform. Is it though? I don't mm-hmm. think it is. Like... We pay for the phones, right? And Apple makes a lot of money in a lot of ways. I can't imagine that, like, that 30% pays for all of the, Like, just don't. I'm not going to accept that as an answer. But the other thing is, like, so what Apple has done here is I there was a... I'm a big fan of Dithering, uh, John Gruber and Ben Thompson's new show. They have a great episode. I'll link to the tweet. They put a clip in. You should listen to that show. But the, the, they made a point there, and, and I've I've seen other people do it too, is that... The problem here isn't that Apple changed the rules. 
No rule has changed. Rule 3.1.1 is the same. Apple has changed its interpretation of that rule, where now they're saying, oh, no, you can't do that either. You can't uh, have a a service that you pay for outside and just not link to it. Now, if there's even an existence of a service outside, you must allow us to process that payment as well. I don't like it. It it doesn't sit right with me. I don't know why this company feels the need to do this. Okay, I say that. I know why. They want that services revenue to keep going up, up, up. That's why they're doing it. But like this is in the same week that the European Commission has announced their antitrust stuff for Apple for this very thing. This is going to blow up big time unless they fix it. And I think that my hope here is that Something's got misconstrued because I cannot otherwise understand why they think this is acceptable. Because there are other apps that do work this exact way. Yes. Right? Slack, Netflix, where you can sign into the app, but you have to have an account that you pay for outside of the app store. Right? And like this whole business consumer thing is bananas. I can sign up for a base camp and just be me. And not mm-hmm. a business. I can yeah. also pay for Hey, and I will do hey. Hey, with my business account because it's I do email like business email is work for me. Like Apple can't be the arbiter of what is for businesses and what isn't. And also this idea of like oh there are these reader apps and like Netflix is a reader app. Like Apple, just say it right. Say what you actually want to say, which is you need to be big enough for us to give you a break here. Yeah, like, which is mm-hmm. terrible policy. But if that's uh, what you are want to do, which is what you're doing, right? Because they include Dropbox in that list. Like Netflix and Dropbox are the same. <laughs> like, just say it. If you want to do deals in, in the background, which we know you're doing mm-hmm. because you're a big business, just say it's that. So, like, because personally, I don't have any more of a bad or good feeling about that than what you're doing. Because I know that's what you're doing. So just tell me that's what you're doing. So just broadly speaking, I personally think Apple is in the wrong here, obviously. I I don't think, like I've, I've read a lot about it this past couple of days. Um, I went in and checked the guidelines again. But it's one of the things that, one of those things that it, they just feel wrong, you know? And I think we, we had part of this conversation when Spotify um, brought on their complaints a few months ago. Um, first of all, I think it's, Apple is taking this stance this weird stance on this problem at the worst possible time with a new antitrust investigation that just started in the EU and WWDC, which is the developers conference, starting in just a few days. So this is the worst possible timing for Apple to say, to show this anti-competitive behavior. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's just wrong for consumers and for developers to have this sort of, uh, you know, hidden categorization of developers between big developers who we cannot afford to push around and smaller developers who either they play by our rules or they're shut off from the platform. I think this is not a good look. I would be very surprised, very, very surprised if Apple does not walk this back in regards to, hey. Hey. I have faith that somebody high up enough is going to see this and realize they made a wrong call somewhere. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've seen this kind of stuff happen in the past, right? And this really feels like someone made a decision for either good or bad reasons, and it's trickled down and messed stuff up. 
and snowballed yeah. to different websites. The statements to the Verge and to Protocol, that's very strange because yeah. you know when you give those statements, they're usually reviewed by PR and they go through multiple chains of people. So it's really surprising. It's really surprising that Apple may have not foreseen this backlash coming. Hmm. I mean, it definitely does help, of course, that the the people behind Hey and Basecamp hey. they have hey they have a very large audience and following. So and David Hanley Hansen, the CTO, is a very vocal, controversial figure when it comes to this kind of stuff. Anyway, like yeah. And I also do want to say that like I cannot like I, there is a there is a medium sized elephant in the room here where like this is a closed email platform. Sure. Which is strange, right? Like because. It seems like 37 Signals Basecamp, David Hanemeyer Hansen, ver- like believe in openness over everything. But like this is an email platform that I cannot use with any other right. app except theirs. I know why they're doing it because it does things that are cool and different. But it is still a closed platform. But does it matter? Oh, abs- uh, this is this is completely separate to what yeah. Apple's doing. I'm just saying this as like a sure. uh, uh, an interesting thing where it's. I just want to make that point because I feel like it's a point that needs right. to be made. I agree, but of course, in in a fair and open and competitive market, you shouldn't care about the people and and the actors that are going to take advantage of your rules you got to make sure. the rules and the rules have to be fair yeah but as i said i really need to just un- the, yeah these that point no, is it. completely disconnected from any decision that apple made because i've been thinking this about hey anyway well like i want to try out i'm interested in it hey but hi i don't i I'm, I'm struggling to see how they will gain foothold in the long term like it has to be so good because ultimately, they will want all my email. And that's an interesting thing, right? Like, they're going to want my business email later on. I know they do. So then, like, email just becomes, hey. Anyway, hey. It's, like a, it's like a funny thing. But, like, we can't even have this discussion now because there's all this other stuff going on. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to come. I, I, am, I have access to hey, and I want to try it out. And I want to really hey. give it a fair shake. But I do want to come back to talking about it in general anyway. Like, obviously, I'm going to talk about it as an email app. It's like, this is my bread and butter talking about email apps. Uh, but <laughs> this whole thing with, with, with them and Apple is, is wild. So what was your pick? Yeah. Uh, iOS gets the ability to change default apps from those that Apple make, including email. All right. That's a good pick. Can it I is. do mine? Yes, please. Uh, this is actually kind of generic. I did I did have a generic one. Um, iOS or watchOS. Actually, no. iOS and watchOS. Both of them together. Whoa. Um, get new sleep tracking features. Oh, I, I don't know Apple. why you added the and in there. Yeah. Why did what you does do that mean? That? Can you well, sleep track with your phone? No, I just think there's going to be a... No, I think if they do add sleep tracking on the watch, of course you're going to have some sleep tracking component on the iPhone as well. Okay, so I would suggest clarifying. I really want you to take iOS out of this pick for your own sake, Federico. Just You don't need it Mm -hmm. in there. You're making it harder for yourself because there are things that the watch does that iOS doesn't pair with, like breathe. 
All right, cool. WatchOS Just, gets new sleep tracking features. Okay. We don't, you don't need to make it harder on yourself. Like, I totally get what you're saying and that, yeah, I'm sure there will be some component where it yeah, ties it'll in. Be in I just health think, app. you know, it, it'll be there. I mean, if you track the your your you know your sleep from the with the watch, you're gonna have you know either you know new sections in health or a new section. But in the I watch wouldn't app count that though. Like it. Okay, like, cool. No, that, that's, I get that's it. why. Like yeah. if they if they measure it in health, like I'm not. That's not a new feature. Like that's that to, in my mind, like that doesn't feel like a feature. No, but I was also thinking like maybe there's like a sleep mode that you can yeah. enable like from control center on the iPhone or stuff like that. Right, but then it but, would uh, be like how different is it to the current I, bedtime mode? Because that right, already exists, I do feel, right? I do feel more confident about saying watchOS gets yeah. a new native sleep tracking feature. We're not even um, in the Rickies yet, man. Like, you know? <laughs> so, so let me ask you, let me ask you this. Is this something that gets announced at WBC? Or if it's for new hardware only, do they hold it for the new watch? This is the risk. Yeah, that's the risk. I, I would like to see this be like Series 5 and up, which I think they could they could do. Actually, the Series 4 and Series 5 watch have the same processor, right? So maybe, I don't know. It feels like there's some give there where it could come to older devices, but mm-hmm. I do think you run a risk of this being a Series 6 hardware thing. Because, like, always-on watch faces was, like, we didn't know about that until the watch announcement. And yeah. there's not going to be a third-party story with sleep tracking. Well, there is. It's called uh, being Sherlocked. Well, yeah. Mm. If I phrase the pick as watchOS, uh, the next version, whatever, 7, gets new sleep tracking features, if I don't say new native sleep tracking features, I think I could potentially account for two possibilities. One is the native feature from Apple. Mm -hmm. The other is new APIs for developers or, again, maybe a new sleep tracking mode that you get in Control Center on the watch, something else. Mm -hmm. I think if I just say, because I do believe the watchOS 7 and the next Apple Watch, Apple is going all in on sleep tracking. So I just want to say watchOS gets new sleep tracking features. I could possibly see an API. I can understand that. Like, they, you know, like workout apps can tie into health. So, hmm. All right. Yeah. So that's the pick. All right. So that finishes round one and round two. It is time for the Rickies after this break. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Do you have a website? Uh, if you do, it probably has things like shopping carts, registration forms, contact us pages. If you have that sort of stuff in your life, then you need Pingdom because no one wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. This will alert you when those forms and checkout pages and logins, when they fail, before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these have issues in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. So if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for the support of this show and Relay FM. So the time has come. It is time for our Rickiest. The Ricky Picks. 
riskiest, pickiest time for the Rickies? Can you feel? Can you feel the excitement? You guys seem excited. Um, I do believe that my pick is the rickiest of them all, and oh yeah, you went <laughs> just head into this. This was unprecedented, though. This 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 Ricky selection. There was no fighting. We always <laughs> have the worst fights when we're trying to decide. Because basically, what happens is a day or two before, we all share our Ricky picks of each other. And have to agree that they are risky. And if they're not, and we like if we can't come to a decision, we've had Jason get involved as an as an impartial third party to make us change. This there was this time we had one requested clarification, and then that was it. Well, I mean, it's not that I don't think your pick is not risky, Mike. Well, you must if you agree to it. You must think it's risky. I do think it's risky. I just think it's kind of obvious. I think it's both risky and obvious at the same time. Well, that's why I picked it. Yeah, because you like to win easy. But no, because I want to win. So now we're fighting. Easy. <laughs> no, and like, like this is this is easy. the thing. I picked something which you'll hear in a bit that there's been no rumor for. People can assume it's going to happen. People have said, oh, they should probably do this. Everybody's going to assume it's going to happen. Everyone thinks it's happening, but those are the rules. The rules are, like, there has to have been no prior, like, information that could guarantee this thing's going to happen. From my perspective, Stevens is the least risky. Yeah, you also have a point. The more I look at this, the more I feel like a lone man on an island i think that there is a risky level that begins with steven and ends with you that's where i think we are (laughs) yeah all right are we ready for this okay yeah go on go on apple will i said ship but really it's announced or not there's a new major mac app built on catalyst this is what the clarification was it's something that is in the default dock of mac os I want to make a secondary clarification here. Do you? Mm-hmm. Default dock as of when? A clean install. Clean but install of 10.16. Yep. Of 10.16. Mm-hmm. The new version of macOS. Okay, yes. that's interesting. Because I would have thought we would do it as of now. Mm. Because the risky part to me is Apple takes a current app and makes Ooh. it Catalyst. Well, I mean... Creating a new app that's Catalyst doesn't feel so risky to me. But can they... Do they even want to create new Mac apps that don't already exist? Like, is there anything left to create on the Mac? Well, no, it's not It's not that it is a new app. Well, mm, okay, there's one, actually, that they could... I mean, there's an obvious one. It could be shortcuts. Right. So, this is what I was thinking. Mm. If they ship shortcuts and it comes in the dock... Ah, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? That doesn't feel as risky. Mm, The risk to me... I get it. ...feels like you take something that exists, turn it to Catalyst. Yeah. And messages would be the one that we would expect that would happen to. Messages would be the one. And then that would do it. Yeah, but would shortcuts be in the dock anyway, though? Possibly. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Automator is not in the dock. It comes pre-installed on iPhones. It comes pre-installed on the iPhone, but it's not in the dock, mm-hmm. obviously. Well, yeah. So what's in the dock in a new Catalina install? It's Finder, Launchpad, 
Launchpad. Launchpad's catalyst. There we go. Yeah. Catalyst it. launchpad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Safari. So also called the home screen, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Finder, Launchpad, Safari, Mail, FaceTime, Messages, Maps, Photos, Contacts, Calendar, Reminders, Notes, Music, Podcast, TV, News, App Store, System Preferences. Of this, one of these is already Catalyst. Podcast is. But isn't... I mean, it has to be one of these, right, Stephen? Come on. News is two, right? Uh, news is two, I think. News is two, and, I and think. TV is not, but it looks like it is, but it's yeah. not. Was that the right. thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's based um, on the iTunes. So, so are we saying something... Here's what I think you were trying to get to. Say that there... Say Apple takes an app and it's new on the Mac... It's more, or they take something that's not in the Catalina doc, but they want to promote it. Oh, it's a Catalyst app. You should check this out. They could insert it into the doc mm-hmm. in 1016. Mm-hmm. So I think this is harder for me if we go based on the 1015 doc. And that's that if what one I of think these apps do. I just yes. named becomes Catalyst. Is that what we want to that do? That feels the riskiest of this selection. So something in the default doc of Catalina becomes an, an, a Catalyst version. Becomes a Catalyst app. And I think I think you'll be pretty good to get this with messages, but at the same time... Yeah, it's your safest Messages bet. is like so out of... They've allowed it to get so out of date at this point that like it wouldn't surprise me if they went another year. But I, I do feel like we need... It, the, the, the real riskiness of this pick is they take something and turn it Catalyst. And the reason it's risky is because... Mm-hmm. That's not what they did with music, mm-hmm. and we all thought mm-hmm. they would. It's not what they did with TV either, right? Like that is mm. that was a surprise. So that's why I think that it could count as risky because they yeah. have a history of surprising us. So here's a here's a situation. All right, Jason Snell. I'm gonna go with Snell. Mm-hmm. Says in the Relay Members Discord, it could be that something like Messages has Catalyst pieces, but not entirely Catalyst. I feel like it's got to be entirely Catalyst. Yeah. So how do we judge that? By knowing it. By Apple saying it? Or by like we pay off Steve Trump Smith to cut it open? No, I mean, you know it when you see it. You have people like Steve Trump Smith digging in and saying this is Catalyst. Yeah, we need to know. It doesn't matter how we know, but we just need to feel confident. So like, I don't know if, if Steve would feel willing to do this, but we may need to ask for Steve's help to adjudicate something. We will have a technical adjudicator yes. in the form of Steve Trouton-Smith, uh, technical adjudicator. I don't want to, to, to like volunteer anybody uh, without their consent, but we'll ask for the technical. Somebody out there will, will be able to provide us uh, technical assistance if needed. So that's my pick. Something. So I've reworded it. So the final reading, something in the default doc of Catalina becomes a Catalyst app. You're, you're not going to get this point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Mike, you're up. What's your, what's your Ricky Go pick? On. Obvious, man. Memoji <laughs> gets updated to include face coverings. That's the pick. That's the pick. Risky picks in the time of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. That's Memoji my pick. with face masks. Because Kay. look, they might not want to do it because they don't want to remind people, right? But I think they will do it because they will want to help normalize it, this is my pick. And if anyone says it's not risky, these two agreed to it. So 
Them's the rules. We agree to it. We agree to it because it hasn't been previously rumored by anybody. There's no there's no artwork, right? That's been out there at this point. There's no artwork, there's nothing. There's the only precedent that we have is the emoji with the face mask, but mm -hmm. that's a different thing. There's lots of and emoji. Because there's the argument of Uh, they may not want to remind people of this entire situation, even in Mimoji. But I do believe it's going to happen. I do think it's kind of obvious that they're going to do it. So I, I, that's why I, I said I feel like it's risky and obvious at the same time. Ultimately, I do think it's risky and Mike deserves to mention this because it hasn't been rumored by anybody. So... I've checked right now. All they have is head coverings. They don't have any face yep. coverings. Okay. So, which I do think they should have had anyway, right? Because like this is very normal in certain parts of the world. Yeah. Uh, but like this is that that this is that Apple in California idea, right? Like we don't see it around us. Although to be honest, in California they've been wearing masks for a while anyway because of wildfires and stuff. But I expect uh, by face coverings. By face coverings, you mean face masks not other types of clothing like could be a bandana could be okay bandana that's okay. why i kind of that's why i just said face coverings face coverings okay 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 yeah makes sense i mean something that you can obviously trace back to the idea of wearing a face mask yeah basically yeah okay uh, this is one we'll know it when we see it right like it, it, it will be it will be clear to us immediately if this is something that they're adding I just want to, I played in the rules here, right? Like, I know what I did. I've played in the rules. Like, I have, I'm using the rules to my advantage. I know this, I have picked way riskier stuff than this. I know that your two picks are now riskier than mine. Uh, but the, the rules, I've played in, within the rules. You play within the rules. But you know me, I'm a man of the people and I love to please my people and to give them to give them the Ricky, you know? I, oh, is that true? I, it is true. It is true. People come here for the Rickies and the Rickies they shall get. So my Ricky pick is the following. The iPad will get a new development tool to write code on device that is not Swift Playgrounds. <laughs> so there we go. A new iPad development tool to write code that is not Swift playgrounds. Now I want to ask you a question. I'm not saying what it should be. I'm not saying what it should be. Yes. Do you know something I don't? I do not know anything. Personally, honestly, I don't know anything. I'm under no embargo. Because I'm under no, no NDA. I know nothing. No, because if I you were under an embargo, not, you wouldn't be picking I, this, right? Exactly. Like, I have not seen anything because I know for a fact that there have yeah. been picks you have made. Mm -hmm. Based on information you have, which again, well, that, it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't that's exactly in the rules, right? Like I, we don't have that exactly as a rule. Information, but like somebody said they heard, and I can trust this person. But like that's fine. That is information gathering, right? Like if you have something that you've heard from someone, I think that's perfectly fine to bring to the table. And I know you've done that before. Right, you've you've had a birdie who's given you a piece of information. Uh, I ain't got no birdie, man. I've just been at the beach and and following along. Lots with of the birds Pokemon. at the beach, flattening around seagulls. Yeah, I don't, and I don't stuff. like seagulls. I don't like them. They're creepy. <laughs> too big. So, I like small birds. <laughs> too big at the mouth and everything. Yeah, I don't like them. So, um, 
no, I honestly haven't talked to anybody. I've seen no leaks. Uh, there's been some people on Twitter that mentioned this, but you know, this is just based off my reasoning. And here's the reasoning. So we have Swift Playgrounds, and that's right, fine. Right. Really fantastic tool for education, fantastic tool for anybody who's getting started with Swift. I do think, though, that it's, ta- that it's time for Apple to, to offer... I don't want to say real, but a development tool that actually lets you write code that you can later turn into shipping products. Could be apps, could be little utilities, could be, you know, something more advanced than shortcuts. I don't know. What I'm just thinking of, I mean, obviously I'm thinking of Xcode, right? But I don't necessarily think that Apple wants to do where I mean I would love obviously if the full thing the, the actual Xcode came to iPad yeah. but I also think there's a possibility for something in the middle right for something that is not Swift Playgrounds that is not also Xcode but it could be something that lets you write apps and test them and and use them and install them on device that maybe is only you know maybe it only works with Swift and Swift UI and maybe it doesn't have in- interface builder it has something else completely it has the native real time uh, Swift UI preview for example uh, so something completely new that lets you write code on device that could be the perfect pitch for developers at WWDC especially now that we have iPad Pros that can be used with a with an external keyboard that has a trackpad that has a pointer so that makes text selections for example when you're writing code even easier mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so I do think it's time for something else that is not Swift Playgrounds. Could be Xcode, could be something entirely new. I, I've always thought that they would do some iPad tool as a Swift-only thing to try and encourage Swift development. That, and that and that's that's what you're saying, right? But like that that would be interesting. There's all kinds of consideration as to you know uh, maybe it could be Swift only, but can you really do that? Maybe if, like if you do something in Swift UI, it also needs to support UIKit. I don't want to get into the technical details of all of this, but basically the, the bigger idea that I have is that I do think it's time to build something on iPad for a new generation of coders. They have been training kids starting from elementary school to get you know uh, accustomed to the idea of using an iPad as their computer. And then there's this weird discrepancy between, oh, you learn with an iPad, the iPad is a fantastic tool for getting all kinds of work done, and we have an iPad Pro now, oh, but when you actually want to make real apps, then you got to buy a Mac. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for Apple to address that, that limitation. And so something that is not Swift Playgrounds, but lets you write code, could be Xcode, could be something entirely new, I do think it's time to see that kind of product on, on iPad. So, I mean, we've been saying this for years. Like, I remember sitting in a lobby in San Francisco WWDC saying that surely they're going to have some iPad-focused development tool. And everyone was agreeing that, like, yeah, it was like a, a thing we were talking about, like, multiple years ago that this is something they need to do. Because it's like the sign of maturity in a in a platform, right? Can you make apps on the thing for the thing. Like, I think that's important. And if you want to continue showing that the iPad is an important tool in professional work and professional use cases, this is a great sign of that. Well, I do think the only precedent that we have for this pick would be that um, 
professional leaker John Prosser said a while back that Xcode would be coming to iOS and iPadOS 14. So there's a there's actually more precedent for this if you consider that tweet than Mike's uh, risky pick. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like I should mention this because it's it's out there. It's in the open. It's been reported by uh, multiple websites. So uh, I should I, we should say that that tweet was issued by Mr. Prosser a while back. Um, but I do think it's risky. I do think uh, there's a bunch of reasons why it may not happen. Uh, the obvious one, the pandemic. I mean, this is a big project and maybe if things needed to be pushed back, maybe this could have been one of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I don't think we've seen anything nearly enough to make me feel like this is happening, if that makes sense, right? Like you said, like, mm-hmm. yes, there have been people who have a track record like John Prosser and he's mentioned this but that doesn't feel like enough to say that yeah. this isn't risky and to clarify yeah. if stuff gets added to Swift Playgrounds that's not your pick your pick is a new tool yeah, yeah. what okay. if they okay what if they add new things and rebrand it uh, that would be considered new if it's not called Swift Playgrounds anymore, mm. I think that would qualify as being new. Cool. Yeah. Just want to double check that because I could also see that happening, right? It would be strange because they do have Swift Playgrounds on the Mac as well now. So, I don't know. You know, just you can make a separate thing. But yeah, I mean, if they said, oh, we took Swift Playgrounds and rebranded it as, I don't know, Swift Code or something, uh, then I guess that would be considered new. Cool beans. So those are our picks. We need to get into our non-graded flexies next. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea, company, passion project, whatever it is. You get not only a great website, but you get to pair it with unique domain names, award-winning templates to make it really easy to design what you want, and much more. So if you need an online store or portfolio, maybe you want to write a blog or host a podcast, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do all of those things. And there's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. There are no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about that stuff because Squarespace has it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. Let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. One really nice feature in Squarespace is the ability to have a landing page. So if you are working on a website, but you just need something sort of out front, maybe with logo or contact information, you can do that and be building your site behind the scenes. Or if you just want a landing page for just contact information or something, the really nice templates where you can add photos and text very quickly, and they look great. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com connected. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name and to show your support for the show. Once again, that's squarespace.com connected and the code connected to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for the support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. All right. The non-graded flexies. I think we just kind of just want to like everyone just go through all of them we that we have and just talk about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We might as well just go through the lists. I don't think we, I don't think we could do a round robin because we don't have even numbers of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
You don't, your Robin would fly crooked. You don't want that. Don't want that. Okay, non-graded. Apple says literally anything about the HomePod. Just, just <laughs> literally, literally anything. Literally okay. anything. Just mentions the HomePod. Yes, that it exists. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Just anything about the HomePod. Because uh, I wonder if they'll have a new one, or if they've just given up. Because wasn't it originally announced at a WWDC? It as a teaser at the very end. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've got to assume they haven't given up, right? Already? Surely. Up next, that the new iMac that is rumored is an Intel iMac, not yeah. an ARM iMac. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that one. Uh, lastly, no Apple services bundle. I actually don't know if they're going to talk about services at all, but I don't think we're going to see a bundle at WWDC. I think it will come up. Services will, you mean? Yeah, because I think they'll have Apple Arcade game demos that show off new technologies, right? I I can't imagine them having a game, that many game demos now that don't have at least one Apple Arcade title in it. Um, it, That would surprise me. I mean, I think... I think I ended up getting a pick wrong at some point because they, in the September event, did have non-Apple Arcade game demos. So I think there'll still be a mix, but I still think that they will also include those. Um, and I also like something that Jason said about like they might want to increase the uh, free trial period on Apple TV Plus, and they could use this as an opportunity to do that, but it feels maybe more like September. I think something will get mentioned. I don't think we're going to get the bundle now. Bundle, I believe, is still coming, but I don't think it's now. Mike, what are your flexies? Uh, I think the ARM transition box will be a Mac Mini. I like the transition kit. Uh, yeah. So I think it will be now. I feel pretty confident about that. Um, I So you remember earlier on, I said that I had a pick that I thought was kind of like your time of flight one. Mm-hmm. This is it. I think that there will be developer tools for having more control over refresh rate or frame rate inside of applications. So some kind of API or something. And they'll be able to reference like, hey, like promotion on the iPad. But it will allow for developers to do more, potentially, around frame rate stuff, especially I think maybe this will be for game developers, that they will be able to take advantage of this um, in advance of the iPhone getting a higher refresh rate screen uh, later on in the year. I also think there will be improved external display support for iPadOS. I hope so. And Mm. a twofer with this is a new Apple display. Yes, please. I think there's going to be one. Especially if they release that iMac, I think there will be a new mm-hmm. display. That's uh, I, I I worry how we're going to f- discover developer tools for having more control over refresh rate. It doesn't matter, does it? If we don't find it, I don't care. It's a flexi. Like it, it doesn't make a difference. But uh, you know, I just think it could end up being in like the Metal API or something. I have a bunch of flexes. Um, so the first one, kind of meta. I want to talk. Uh, my my pick is about where the keynote will actually be held, and I have this theory that I've shared, I think, with John on App Stories at some point, or maybe privately. I don't know. Uh, I think the keynote will be held outside, not inside the Steve Jobs Theater. I think it'll be held outside in the open, maybe on the stage that Apple usually uses at Apple Park for concerts. So I do think it'll be a better mm, the Im- rainbow one, right? Yeah. I think it'll be a better image, especially right now, to show um, a socially distanced 
audience of Apple engineers in the open, you know, fresh air, and, you know, sunny day and all that, instead of being closed indoors in a dark theater. I think it'll be a better image. I think it could be fun because, of course, it'd be different and it's streamed online. So it will look like a live concert, actually, but it's a developer presentation. And it would have, I guess, the same mood, maybe sort of, of a Google I.O. conference, which is held outside uh, on a stage. So uh, that would be my first flexi, that it's uh, you know, going to be held uh, outside instead of indoors. Um, the other one, I think at least one major video game developer will be bringing their, uh, an exclusive title to Apple Arcade. We mentioned before how I stopped paying for, uh, paying for Apple Arcade because... I, you know, I'm still waiting for that triple A or at least very high profile game to find its way to the service. And I think it would be a fun opportunity at WWDC to show, uh, you know, Konami or Capcom or, you know, some other major video game, EA, some other major video game developer that we all know, say, we're bringing this title exclusively to Apple Arcade. And it's a, you know, a big, important you know, high production uh, type of video game. Um, next up, WatchOS 7, uh, in addition to sleep tracking features, gains uh, new mental health features. I think this will all these were also previously rumored. I think it's, you know, it's a good time 2020 for Apple to expand their uh, suite of mental health features on, on WatchOS. They have the Breathe app, which of course is lovely and Steven you just had a very good article about it on 512 um, so that was a very good story I think they should do more I think they could do more in terms of you know managing your mental health with the watch and perhaps even with the iPhone um, now shortcuts I want to mention shortcuts a couple of things for shortcuts I want to believe uh, that 2020 is the year that shortcuts gains folders Six years, <laughs> six years after the launch of Workflow, December 2014, I want to believe that whenever iOS 14 will come out, October 2020, I don't know, but whenever that is, I want to believe that Shortcuts finally gains folders. Uh, so uh, really, it's an obvious one. And the other one would be that I would like to see a better integration with files in shortcuts. So right now, shortcuts is, of course, very limited. If you want to access a file from the files app without showing a document picker that you need to manually interact with, you're limited to storing those files in the shortcuts subdirectory of iCloud Drive. And I think it's time for shortcuts to gain the option to deal with any file or any folder programmatically, so without showing a UI from any location of the Files app. And related to this, I would love it if bookmarks, so this the, the Files feature that allows you to uh, create a temporary bookmark to a specific file or location, which we've seen in apps like Working Copy and Scriptable, for example. Um, it would be great if that feature was supported in third-party shortcuts as well. Because right now, bookmarks that you create in Scriptable or Working Copy or other apps, you cannot use in Siri, you cannot use in shortcuts actions. So that limitation is kind of weird and it should be lifted. Um, 
two more things. I This is, again, an obvious one. I would love it if you could lock your iPhone to portrait, but still watch videos in landscape. I think uh, Christian Selig, the developer of Apollo, recently um, re- released this kind of feature for uh, the Reddit client, uh, Apollo, which is amazing. And uh, I think it should be really a system feature. It's been requested by people for re- years now. Just let me use my iPhone in portrait. But when you detect that I'm playing a video, just play it in, in landscape. Because it's, you know, if the video, of course, uh, is it the kind of video that you want to watch in landscape, I think it's kind of an obvious feature that needs to happen at some point. And finally, I love a new deep and open framework. This time... It should be a notes framework for third-party developers. I, you know, we have rem- a reminders framework, so developers can make third-party reminders clients that do things that the reminders app does not do. Parentheses: The reminders framework needs a lot of attention. Hopefully, gains new features in iOS 14 because third-party developers still cannot implement most of the features that they launched in reminders last year. Close parentheses. Um, I would love it if developers could make notes clients as well. So, third-party apps that use notes from Apple as their database. I would love that so much. That would be really nice. If someone just made the notes app, but without the paper background i mean i'd buy that mm. <laughs> shut up and take my money basically yes <laughs> yeah uh so those are my flexes i'm done it's good i think there's a lot of good stuff in here it's gonna be fun i'm really excited about wwc i'm sad we're not there i'm sad we're not getting to see people but i'm really excited about what apple could have up its sleeve yeah me too i'm starting to hit that it's actually happening on monday so yeah yeah Real quick before we go, we are going to wrap up our anticipating WWDC series. This actually was in the document, I think, last week, and it got kicked. Anyways, these aren't predictions, even though we just spent two hours doing that. These are just things we'd like to see. So we talked about various platforms, and today we're going to talk about Apple's cloud services. And I think I was the one who suggested this. We're like, is there enough stuff here? And then we realized, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff here to talk about. So uh, I'll start with mine. Every year, I want Apple to add family sharing to photos where my spouse or someone in my family could select albums or something in photos to share with me without having to do the shared photo stream or iCloud links, where I could just have access to their, their, their library or a subset of it, just like Google Photos does. I think a lot of people want this. It's important that you have privacy controls and you understand what you're sharing, but I think this would be huge for a lot of pe- a lot of families. Yeah, it's, it's it seems like it's something that sh- that they could find a way to do. People would be happy if they did it. Like it feels totally doable. Um, my next one is better server side rules for iCloud email. I use Gmail mm. for my personal email because of server side rules, and you can run mail on the Mac and just leave it open all the time. And it has pretty good mail rules, but a lot of people don't have Macs. A lot of people don't have Macs that are running all the time. And what you can do on iCloud.com is extremely basic. And I think they need to port what the Mac mail app can do to the the server side of it. And that way you would have those rules automatically applied to all of your devices as mail comes in. Uh, more Dropbox-like features in iCloud, uh, mainly file request. So in Dropbox, it has this feature where you can create a link and send it to somebody, and it says, hey, please upload your files here. You don't have to add them to a shared folder or anything. This is huge for those of us who share files all the time with people we don't normally work with. Mm -hmm. 
and then public links to downloads. So I'm sure we've done we've all done this too, right? You need to send somebody something, you put it in your Dropbox and you send them a link. These are basic features in file sharing platforms that iCloud should have. And then lastly is that in the root level of iCloud Drive, you have folders for a bunch of apps. I would like all of those to be put into a single folder called apps. So when I open my iCloud Drive, I don't have to scan through 30 app folders to find my documents folder, that all the app stuff is contained in one place. Again, you can do this on Dropbox. You can do this on other platforms, but it really junks up the view of iCloud Drive when you're trying to find something and instead I got to sort through a bunch of pages and Pixelmator and MindNode and all these other folders. Would that one be that there would still be a folder called apps and inside that folder would be other apps? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Just get it out of the main view is what I'm asking. Sometimes you need to go into there, but a lot of times you don't. And so they, I think the, the structure still has to be there, but I don't think it has to populate the the main, the root level. Yeah, you see, I just don't like the apps folder thing in general. I don't I don't either, but that part of that is legacy. And yeah, I mean, I... I I don't subscribe to the app first and then the document model, which is one reason I don't do a ton of work on my iPad. But if you got to keep it, at least make it where those of us who want to use iCloud Drive more like Dropbox can have a better experience. Okay, so mine are everything that Steven said plus... Oh, uh, oh, oh, we have real-time follow-up, guys. You can totally share a link to an iCloud file. That They're doing it in the Discord right now. So well, that was useful. I guess, we could, I guess we can retract that. Thank you. Kyle's the gray. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's not. I mean, I think the last time I tried this, um, it's not the most elegant way to create the link. It's mm-hmm. definitely not as easy as when you create a link with Dropbox. Yeah. So maybe a simplification of that process would be nice. Yeah. Uh, because it's, you know, and, and, and of course you don't get any of those um, advanced um, statistics that you get with Dropbox. I think you can see who accessed the file, you can see the activity, all that mm-hmm. sort of information you do not get with iCloud Drive. And this is this is kind of gross. I clicked the link and Mac OS said, do you want to open this? And then it added a copy of it again to the root level of my iCloud Drive and then opened it in preview. Yeah, it's really not well done. Mm-hmm. It's n- not as polished as Dropbox. No. So that is technically possible, but it would be so much better if it was a little more elegant, a little more polished. Yeah. Um, so everything you said, plus uh, some other additions that I have, um, for files, I would love it if you could easily... Um, see and restore deleted files from iCloud Drive without having to go to the web app. Yes. So, right, you can restore uh, files that you may have accidentally deleted, but if you want to do that, you need to use Mm. iCloud.com, which I don't think it's the right approach. And also, there needs to be built-in system-wide versioning, so support for viewing versions of files. The versions API has been available for iCloud Drive for a long time. MindNode, um, IA Writer, I think these, these apps that work with iCloud Drive have supported versions for a long time now. However, the problem is that while the Finder has, on the Mac, has native support for versions, any document app on, document-based app on the Mac, 
back. I think you can, you know, there's a menu, you can click the, um, the document in the title bar and you can see versions with a native UI. It's provided by Apple. And I think the same UI should exist on, on iOS and iPadOS in files. It shouldn't be something that third-party developers need to, need to support and to have like their own versions viewer. It should be a system control. It should be a system element. Um, so view versions for files and easily restore deleted files. Um, then I have a bunch of um, random additions in terms of services. I mean, the bundle uh, we mentioned before, I would love to see a bundle that includes all cloud services together. That would be one way for me to start paying for Apple Arcade again, I guess. <laughs> it would be advantageous for me to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, next, The next one is kind of odd, maybe. I would like to see Apple News integration in music. Let me explain. I don't like Apple News. I would like it more if there was music. (laughs) I do like the idea. Don't make fun of me. I do like the the principle Mm. of the idea behind what Apple did a couple of years ago with business news in stocks. Mm. And I know that everybody makes fun of stocks and for good reasons. However... The idea of let's take very specific content and show you related articles and stories from the web by using our Apple News engine. So imagine if in Apple Music, and this would be totally optional, of course, but imagine if you could find music news and reviews for an album. Maybe you want to learn more. Maybe you want to read an interview with a band. And you could find that content maybe hidden away in a section inside music that is, however, powered by Apple News. And of course, it would be relevant, the music that you actually listen to. And I just think it would be a fun idea to have, you know, to extract some of that content from Apple News and apply it to Apple Music to let you spend more time, of course, in Apple Music and to let you find out more about your favorite artists and, again, read reviews and all that kind of stuff. Um, Speaking of Apple Music, playlist collaboration. I think it's kind of very strange that this hasn't happened yet. It's been a feature in Spotify for, uh, I want to say, since the beginning of Spotify, maybe. Like, you've been able to collaborate on playlists for with other people for a long time. And right now, you cannot have a collaborative playlist in Apple Music. You can create the playlist and share it with others, but other people cannot put songs into the playlist. So collaborative playlists for Apple Music. Uh, More diverse content in Apple Arcade. I keep mentioning this. I'm kind of tired of family-friendly puzzle games and platformers, you know, like 2D or 2.5D platformers. There are so many of those games on Apple Arcade, and I would like to see more diverse, you know, mature or maybe just different kinds of games on Apple Arcade. I think diversification would be very good, very good there. And the last one, again, speaking of shortcuts, and Apple Music and a proper Apple Music API integration in shortcuts. I shouldn't have to use as much as I love the app, but I shouldn't have to use Toolbox Pro to have integration with the Apple Music Online API. Uh, in shortcuts. So let me look up any song or any artist or any album from the Apple Music Online catalog. Let me find songs and cue them for playback on iOS using shortcuts. Let me rate and love songs. Let me fetch the lyrics of a song. You know, all that kind of stuff. you could say deep and open integration with the Apple Music API. I wouldn't mind, you know, but that sort of integration with shortcuts uh, would be very nice. 
All right, my list is in-app purchases shared across family plans. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, yes. Home screen syncing across iOS and iPad OS devices. Uh, yes, please. Uh, okay. Obviously, I know this is a feature in tvOS because I'm the tvOS guy after all. Also, I, I wrote it in the document. I wrote... No, I knew it anyway. You didn't need to tell me. Stephen, colon, tvOS already has this. I already knew it. You didn't need to tell me. Just because I didn't write in the document doesn't mean I didn't know it. I knew it. Mm. It's one of the reasons that made me think of this thing. It's like, oh, yeah, tvOS has that. So I would like it if... I have two iPads. I would like it if their home screen synced. It would be great because then I wouldn't have to do manual management of it. Uh, I would like revised storage options with more space for less money um, because that's just something they should always be doing. Uh, better iCloud backups. Uh, I want everything stored. I want to make new device switching easier so like I don't ever have to put passwords into anything. Just maybe make a snapshot, keep it that one time as soon as I've installed the, installed the new device, delete it. I don't care what you have to do. Just make it better. Always make that better. When I New devices, it should always be better to make that, tr- that transfer. Um, and like even content, right? Like I don't want to have to re-download all my music and all my podcasts and third-party apps again. Like the phone knows what I have on it. Like allow me to do something to help that transition. Uh, I, I would really like appreciate that. I don't know how you could do it. I don't know if I maybe need to connect devices by a cable. I don't care what it is, like, but because it's that one-time thing, right? You get a new iPhone uh, rather than spending multiple days setting it up or realizing like days later that oh no, I don't have this thing set up the way that I it was set up before. Like making that trans that one-time transition better would be amazing. Um, and funnily enough, in my <laughs> Uh, thing here is third-party notes app using the notes app database and syncing hooray so <laughs> great minds think alike so we're done i think so that's, that's that's all that's the show we've anticipated wwdc we have picked our ricks we're good to go so we'll be back next week with the crowning of the the new but maybe existing keynote chairman no probably existing probably no if you want to find links to things in this episode, head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash 299. While you're there, you be- can become a member of the show. $5 a month or $50 a year, it gets you an ad-free version. It gets you pre- and post-show banter and funniness, whatever we do before and after the show. It all goes in. So go check that out. Um, you can go to connectedpro.co and sign up for the monthly plan if you want. We really appreciate your support. You can also send us an email from that page with feedback or follow-up. Or, of course, you can do it on Twitter. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike hosts a bunch of other shows here on Relay. Mike, you and Jason will be doing Upgrade after the keynote on Monday. I always love those first yep. uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, feedback hot take episodes so looking forward to that yeah we're going to be going live basically as soon as the keynote is over um, awesome one of the best ways to experience the live stream is in the relay fm members discord so if you become a relay fm member at connectedpro.co or however you're a relay fm member you want to get access to the discord it's available to all members we have a live stream an audio live stream there and a live chat uh, but you can also uh, get to the uh, the old irc and the live stream at relay.fm live but i do recommend the discord is a great place for that uh, you can find Federico on Twitter at Viticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. And knowing 
the Mac Stories crew, they're going to have great coverage next week. I love the roundups y'all do of like everything you need to know about fill in the blank. I love those roundups. So I'm looking forward to those. Yeah, we're going to do those and we're going <laughs> to do a bunch of extra stuff for App Stories. So it's definitely going to be a busy, busy week. Yes. Yeah. Next week is going to be exhausting. And then after WDC, I get to go on vacation. So I'm looking forward to that. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH and my writing at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, StoryWorth, Pingdom, and Squarespace. And until next time, episode 300, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Love you. Bye.